Mr. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. I can't imagine there is anything on his mind today. Bill. Beck. Pipe bombs. Yeah. Um, no idea. You know, I think we have to wait for the FBI to arrest no, we somebody, don't. which no, I feel no, we, do. no we don't, Bill. Come on. We don't have to wait for any of that. No, CNN was out, and New York CNN. Times, were they were out with their opinion <laughs> immediately. I know, and they bear no responsibility for the acrimony word of the day uh, sweeping across <laughs> the nation. The New York Times and CNN bear no responsibility None. for... 18 months, more than that, two years, two years of constant negativity, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. constant criticism, Mm -hmm. constant smearing, Mm -hmm. but they bear no responsibility Mm -hmm, back. mm -hmm. Okay, just to make your point uh, so crystal clear, uh, I'd like to play a couple of uh, audio pieces for you just to, you know, listen to them. And then this, I'm sure, backs this up. Uh, Could we play a flashback, uh, Rick Wilson, please? Trump is still a very powerful force right now, and he's still holding a lot of, uh, of, of the, the part of the base that is very activated by his message, the nativist message that, 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 that's got a, a fraction of the base very energized. And the donor class can't just sit back on the sidelines and say, oh, well, don't worry, this will all work itself out. They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Hmm. Okay, so that's MSNBC. How about uh, this is Johnny Depp. It's just a question. I'm not insinuating anything. By the way, this is going to be in the press. It'll be horrible. But I'd like, I like that you're all a part of it. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? Uh, how about this one? Uh, flashback law professor on Trump. You can't be the boy who cried wolf and expect to have a viable impeachment power. You can't use it over and over again against the same president. Right. You, if you're going to shoot him, you've got to shoot to kill. Now, that requires mm-hmm. an overwhelming majority of a bipartisan kind. Okay. Let me go to uh, MSNBC again, uh, what uh, Jeb Bush should do. So I, I told Jeb Bush after that debate that I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murderers. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Mm-hmm. You would have been a hero. So, uh, Bill. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can't target uh, districts. We can't target because that causes violence. Put a bullet in the head, punch him in the face, take him out, put a bullet into Donald Trump. When's the last time an actor uh, killed a president? I don't know. Uh, What do you think? You know, it's hard for me to keep stating the same thing over and over again. I mean, I think everybody listening to us right now understands that, yeah, President Trump is undisciplined in the way he phrases things, but his choice, as I laid out in my uh, column on BillOReilly.com, he had a choice. So President Trump could have done what George W. Bush did, was ignore the personal attacks. Bush is a fascist, Bush is stupid, Uh, Bush knew about uh, there were no weapons of discretion, but uh, killed American soldiers anyway. I, you know, Bush ignored it all. Sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent of Democrats believed when George Bush was in office that he had something to do with nine eleven, and that conspiracy was started by someone they claim is on the right, and he is not. 
Uh, it was uh, started by what's his fat faced loudmouth guy? What's his name? Stu? Uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Alex Jones. Sixty five percent. Whatever it is, uh, you know, and I and I talked to Bush about this on television extensively, and he basically said, "Factor, that's my strategy. I'm not changing it." Okay, so that's number one. So Donald Trump could have done that easy, but he chose to fight back. Trump did, and he said, "I'm not going to let these people marginalize me because it'll never end." And the American people uh, see me as a fighter. They see me as a person who strikes back when attacked, so why I'm going to do that. So then you have to say, okay, well, who started the fracas? Who started this? And you can make a case that Trump's bombastic uh, attacks on his rivals in the, uh, in the primary process um, started it. You can make a case for that. How? But, how well, he's a, know, look he he's a symptom people names yeah he's a symptom the american people have never been this way we've never been this way no no he no. was a I, symptom of people feeling that, beaten and kicked to death by being called racist and homophobe right, and everything else came, by the that press that came later when it when it was apparent that trump was a player and could win see what people don't understand is that in the beginning the press didn't think that Donald Trump could do anything. He Correct. didn't have a chance. He was, he was like, entertainment, all right? Let's bring out the dancing bear. That's how the press saw him. But then when he started to win, the whole strategy changed. And it, I, I keep saying that this comes from the corporate level, and it does, okay? So then it was destroy him destroy him that that were the orders that came down from the editors at the new york times not in those words but it was very clear what they wanted to do washington post cnn msnbc and google facebook i mean they're on they're they're on video saying that yes okay so there's no doubt the people listening to us know that so then it's all right if that's the destruction that has been ordered, how does Trump counter? What does he do? He doesn't have surrogates. I mean, there are no surrogates who can do it for him. He has to do it. So he does it in a very blunt and sometimes disturbing way for a president. But my column said, what is his choice? What If he doesn't do it, they are going to marginalize and destroy him. He'll be the laughing stock. And yeah, in the liberal precincts he is already, but he doesn't care about that. But he has a growing, I believe, growing number of people supporting him. And the reason he has it is because he gives them no quarter. Yes. He fights back. But now they're turning it around saying, well, your, your fight back, it's like Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh fought back, oh, he's out of control. Oh, that's not uh, – that fight back shows he doesn't have the temperament. Oh, come on. You're being destroyed by these people and you're not allowed to show emotion? It's the same thing. So now with the bomb thing, oh, Trump did it. We're, we're – CNN, we're not responsible for any of it. Oh, no, not us. Now, I'm hoping that the vast majority of the American people understand what's happening. I think they do. Because CNN's ratings are so terrible 
no matter what they do, no matter how they ratchet it up, still very, very few people watch them. So I'm hoping they get it. Well, they're not going to. Um, so, so Bill, uh, how much trouble uh, are they in? I mean, the New York Times, literally paragraph 35 in the New York Times, talks about how this doesn't look like these bombs were made by somebody who wanted to actually kill anybody. This was just a statement of some sort. What I happens said that from the jump? Of course, they're cartoon bombs. They, uh, right. The only thing it this, doesn't. This is uh, the gang that couldn't shoot straight or yeah, bomb straight. This is ridiculous. From the jump. This, yes. this was a press. We're going to do this to get it into the press because we know the media will go hysterical. Correct. And it could be somebody who was on the right and didn't want to kill anybody but wanted to make a statement, and they're crazy. Could be somebody on the left who wanted to do the same thing. Could be somebody who is just a really unbelievably worst bomb maker known to man, which I (laughs) highly doubt. But it could very well be somebody who thought, you know what, we're going to send these to the press. We're going to send these to all of the all of the enemies of the right. And it will will sway an election. Obviously uh, contrived to get media attention to influence the midterms. I'm putting my money on Putin. Yeah. (laughs) Putin did it. How does the how does the uh, media respond when it turns out that uh, it's. It's either a prank with yeah. no political motive or it was politically motivated uh, by the left. Well, that would be an amazing story, wouldn't it? Uh, that's why I'm hoping the FBI can you know, flesh this out pretty quickly. Um, how would the press handle that? I think that they would. Um, look, you have to understand that every morning out of the uh, Washington, D.C. think tanks, progressive think tanks, they send stuff to Anderson Cooper and, and Rachel Maddow and these people. They get stuff. So that they'll, they'll sit down and go, okay, now how are we going to spin this? Uh, maybe the person sending it was insane, uh, you know, that kind of thing. They'll never say, well, gee, maybe um, our side is so crazed now that we have to criticize our side. You're never going to see that, ever. Back with Bill O'Reilly and the rest of the news of the week in just a second. Bill O'Reilly, I want to start with something that John Kasich uh, said uh, yesterday because he was on CNN, and boy, isn't he the voice that we should all be listening to. Listen to what John Kasich said about the... um, the caravan coming from uh, Honduras. They're marching north, and you know what? It could easily have been all of us, that we're in the caravan, that we're marching north, trying to save our families and save our children. We've got to start putting ourselves in the shoes of other people. We've got to start thinking about the consequences that others suffer, and if we've been spared those by the grace of God, let us be let us be appreciative. Let us count our blessings. Hey, stop. I and can't let us... take him anymore. Bill, within yeah. within six hours, my crack team f- uh, found out who these people were, what the real intention was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the press and John Kasich still are just saying, no, no, no. These are just good people. You want to talk a little bit about uh, the caravan? 
Yeah. Um, first of all, I know Case. It's a long time. He used to uh, sub for me once in a mm-hmm. while on the Factor on uh, Fox. Um, a good man, uh, very sincere, did a nice job running uh, Ohio. But John is a theoretical guy. He's not a real-world guy, and people ought to know that. So he basically saying Americans, we have to put ourselves in the position of somebody in Honduras who uh, is poor and oppressed because the society down there is violent and out of control. Okay, but then what is the point of that exercise, Governor Kasich? that we allow everyone in Honduras to come to Ohio? Everyone? And the same thing with all the poor countries in the world? Because that's what you are espousing by saying that the caravan people should be allowed to seek asylum in the United States. That's what you're saying. Everyone can come here and do that. We would lose California. California would be a foreign country within 18 months. Right. Three-year backlog right now of asylum uh, uh, hearings. And if you apply, you are in the country. You're here for three years at least. Okay? What do you do here? Who knows? 50% of all immigrant families, both illegal and legal, are on means-tested welfare. So there's a one out of two chance that the American taxpayers are going to have to pick up some of your bills. $22 trillion debt right now for the USA. So if you look at the unintended consequences of John Kasich's vision of compassion, it's not compassion at all. You're basically wrecking a system that does provide true opportunity for 320 million Americans, should they do what they need to do to succeed? You're wrecking that system, Governor Casey. Do you not understand that? See, I could, and that's the debate. I mean, I just crushed him in the debate because he would have no answer for any of that. Bill, tell me yeah. who's behind this. Who's financing this? Well, I do believe it's the progressive crew, um, the George Soros people. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's who has done it in the past. We did a big thing on BillOReilly.com last night about Soros after CBS glorified him. We said, uh, no, um, he's pumping in 2018, this year alone, tens of millions of dollars into the worst organizations. And by that I mean they attack and smear anyone they disagree with. David Brock runs one of them. That's the Media Matters guy. And don't tell me that, you know, this is a benevolent man. So I believe that these kinds of people, I can't prove it because there's no accountability in Honduras, but I believe they're behind it because there is big money behind it, as everybody knows. Uh, Bill, I I invite you to uh, read what even the president of Honduras is saying. Um, This is this is backed by a Cuba, uh, Venezuela uh, and ousted president of Honduras. Uh, that are blaming the United States for all of the unrest. Uh, the former president says that uh, America is going to have to pay for all of this. Uh, they'll have to accept our citizens. This is just an ongoing internal battle uh, in Honduras that has quite honestly lied to many of their people. 
um, and said that America is going to have to take you and they're going to because they're responsible for this mess. This is a Marxist uh, revolutionary uh, that uh, has tried to take Honduras by force. The Supreme Court, two branches of their government, found what he was doing to be unconstitutional and kicked him out. And he's been causing problems ever since. And now he, Venezuela and Cuba are together in what was formerly known as ALBA. But they are pissed at the United States and they're the ones financing at least the beginning of it. That's how it started. Now, Soros or others may be involved, but I haven't seen any evidence of that yet, but I would not put it past them. Right. And and it would be interesting to see if there is a pipeline of cash going into Tegucigalpa. So this is what I say. I'm skeptical of everything. And I agree with you. There has been no hard evidence put forth that George Soros or people like him did this. But if you know, it's it's one, if, of, if history, one of these things they've done in the past. Yes. But the, the government of Honduras should be able to trace foreign money coming into that country back. They should be able to show people this is what has arrived here. So I hope they do that. If they, if they believe Cuba and Venezuela are actively involved in subverting their own country, Honduras, and then by extension hurting the USA – they have the ability to find that out. There are so let's go. T- there are two other groups that are being formed now, uh, two other waves that are supposedly following sure. this one. Uh, and I would love to hear when we come back what you think the president should do, uh, what you think it looks like if they do arrive at the border, uh, and how the press is going to treat this, and what do sane Americans do to counter that. When we come back with Bill O'Reilly, or with Bill O'Reilly, Bill, let me lay out a scenario here, and you tell me where it's where I'm I'm off base. I don't think this caravan helps the Democrats in the midterm elections, and it's why the press is saying, "Oh, there's no there's no evidence that they're going to come all the way to the border," and they're dismissing it, and that's just a crazy conspiracy th- thing that get all the Trump supporters all wound up. They're all dismissing this now. Um, I, I can't believe that uh, they're going to make it by the midterm election. I think this is uh, to, uh, to arrive after the midterm election uh, and a possible new Democratic House, which will throw us into chaos. A, you think there's any uh, reality in there? B, what do you see coming and and how things are going to shake out? Well, I said on BillOReilly.com, my analysis is that the Mexican government will break up uh, a lot of the uh, caravan before they start getting on to vehicles. Because they're not going to walk to McAllen, Texas, or Tijuana, um, San Diego sector. They're not going to do it. So they're at a, they're approaching a uh, a railway terminus now in Mexico. Some of them will get on trains heading uh, north. Those trains have to stop in Mexico City, and that's where I believe the uh, Mexican government will start to intervene. Um, some of them will make it, um, but when you be say in some they're thousand, not they're not going to walk. So you well, don't think it'll be a mass? No, it'll break them up. That's what, you know, look, the State Department Pompeo is down there now. I mean, he's screaming at them now. 
that, you know, if you let these people en masse go to the border, we're going to take economic reprisals on Mexico. And that's what they'll do. And they know it. So they'll break it up. But some people will reach and some people will get there, mostly in vehicles. Um, that's where the smugglers come in, the cartels come in, uh, the uh, Pueblos in Fronteras already has vehicles down there. Um, you can do trains, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. But when it gets to that point, the um, border authorities will put up barriers, new barriers, and it'll be manned by U.S. troops. And there will be no way for the migrants to get to any U.S. official to apply for asylum. Trump's already said he's going to do that. He has to do it. Um, the left is hoping for some kind of violent confrontation. That's what they would like to see. Um, but I agree with you that this is not helping the Democratic Party um, in the vote 10 days from now. How bad it's hurting them, it depends what section of the country you're in. Do you, uh, um, do you see the, the possibility that real radicals would like to set up a, a Palestinian uh, Israel situation at our border, and it would be handled exactly the same way by the media as they handle the Palestinians and Israel. They they uh, show the big bad state beating up on the on the little guy. Do you? I mean, I I said two years ago, this is what our border is eventually going to look like. They are going to set up a a Palestinian kind of situation, and we're going to be Israel. I mean, they've already done this, you know, on the small stage. Bring it. You know, bring it to Broadway, bring it to the American border, and that's the way they'll play it. Maybe, but there's a, the the Mexican government does not want that. All right, they don't they they don't want. They got problems on a border. Um, you know, Juarez, one of the worst places in the world. Tijuana, right behind. They don't want all this because it drains their infrastructure. I mean, this is an environmental disaster for Mexico. These people all need facilities. Uh, they uh, need water. They need food. Mexican people are poor. There's not the infrastructure to support this. So, yeah, so how do the they... left would love shanty towns there with uh, mothers and babies and look at the United States. They're rich and look at these people and let them in. Sure. But the Mexican government, I'm telling you, is under tremendous pressure by the Trump administration not to allow any of this to happen. So so um, how do you move seven to 14,000 people and just find enough water? How is this not a humanitarian crisis? It's a right disaster. Now? But they have it set up whereby there are tents who paid for those tents. Yeah, you would All think right? the media would care. No, 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 Bill, no, 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 all I want to no, do is no, no. Take the pictures of the poor baby and yeah. children and no, but they mother. No, 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 Bill, care. but they no, they care so much about the humanitarian side of this. You would, oh, yeah. you would, you would think that they would find out is there enough baby formula? Yeah. Who's paying for it? You know, right, right. Hey, look, we've been over this and over this and over this. We don't have a. a, a honest press in America anymore, which is an enormous story that is not being covered by the dishonest press. They're not going to cover themselves. So there's guys like you and me, we do it, but you know, the, most of the American people feel that we do have a functioning honest press, and we don't. 
on yeah, any level. Let me ask you this. There was a story out this week, and I know you touched on it, about the um, one in four college students were in critical yeah. distress I know. in response to the Trump election. 25% said they felt like they had PTSD. Yeah, this is at Arizona State University um, and in Tempe. Um, and, and look, it's just an ongoing indicator that there is a segment of the American population under the age of 30 who cannot cope with life. That's why you're seeing the rise of opiates, opioids. You're seeing this whole thing. It all plays into rise we just can't handle it. Yeah. We can't handle any stress, no stress zone. I, we can't have any. You know, we, we have microaggressions. I, I, no, I, I'm offended by a sign. I'm offended by a speaker. I'm offended by a hat. Uh, there's a frog over there. He offends me. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, you know, when they have children? My gosh, they're not going to be able to get up in the morning. Uh, it, it's, but those people will fail. They will fail in our system because our system's not going to change. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be self-reliance. That The progressives would love to change it, but it's not going to change in our lifetime. And these people who have all of this anxiety about Donald Trump being president or whatever else it may be are going to fail in the marketplace. Going to give you an opportunity to address Megyn Kelly. Anything to say about Megyn Kelly? I think I was kinder to Megyn Kelly than any other person in the news business, as you well know. Um, We featured her on uh, my program in a segment called The Kelly File, which became her uh, name of her program when she got one. Um, We promoted her in the beginning. I thought she was a very honest, you know, great talent and did what I always do. I helped her along. Subsequently, um, she turned out to be not a very nice person to me and many others at Fox, many others, and went on her way. And now it's not looking so good. But I, I'm not specifically, a who, I, I, no, 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 uh, I, wants to revel in anybody's uh, discomfort. Right. I, I, I don't like doing that. I specifically want to know about what you think about losing a job because uh, you would dare ask a question. If you're not trying to tear somebody down and it's Halloween and here's this specific case about a woman who loved Diana Ross, when is Diana Ross? Um, How is that offensive and losing your job in our PC culture now? And this ties in. It was it's so ironic because Miss Kelly, one of the biggest boosters of me, too, um, which, of course, um, does not uh, take into account. Uh, due process. So now, did she get due process? No, she did not. Now, her comments may have been uh, to her inoffensive, but if you know your history, um, black-faced entertainers in America were used to denigrate African Americans. And she, she, she knows that. She, she knows. should have known it. Yeah, well, she does. Um, no, I don't know about that back. I really don't know if she if she knew that or not, because she could have easily pointed that out in a couple of paragraphs before going into any kind of defense of it. And she did not. But in our in our media society now, if you say anything out of the PC line, 
in the network arena or if you're attacked by a Me Too situation in the network arena, your career is over. There is no due process, no presumption of innocence, no benefit of the doubt. You're out. Is it ironic at all that there are so many people on the left in the journalism that are celebrating her demise? Um, I don't know if it's celebrating as much as it's a virtue play. You see, this is what has arisen. All these left-wing commentators see themselves as virtuous. Oh, Megyn Kelly. Uh, Did you see what uh, Kirsten Powers wrote in USA Today? Did you see that? No. All right. You you ought to take a look at that. Because she's a Fox, was a Fox News contributor, which I, and who I use a lot. And she just scorched Kelly. Absolutely scorched her as a racist. Came flat out, said it. You're a racist. And you know what? I'm a racist, too. This is what Kirsten Powers said. But I'm working on it. I'm aware of my racist tendencies because I'm white. You know, for Kirsten Powers, everyone who's white's a racist, white privilege. All right? But I'm working on it, so I'm virtuous, but she's not. And this is what you get, that all of these people that pile on, and I'm certainly not going to do that to Megyn Kelly or anybody else unless it's George Soros. Um, all of these people, oh, I'm the really good person, you know? And it's very frightening what's happening in this country. Um, I could tie it into killing the SS, but I'm sure you don't want to hear that. <laughs> of course you could tie it into killing the SS. Well, it's all about, it's all about what you can say. It's all about fear. And that's what the Nazis were all about. Absolutely. It's all about fear. It goes back to you cannot say things in America anymore or you will be punished. Yes. Guess what other society had that going on? Yep. Thank you very much. Bill O'Reilly, best-selling book, uh, Killing the SS. Really, really good. New York Times uh, bestseller, of course. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much.